Yo, what is up? You have found We Like the Blazers. I am Brandon Goldner, and with me, as always, it is Ryan Whitledge wearing the hoodie with the absolutely ginormous pinwheel on it. Ryan, what's up, man? Not much, not much. If you hear any weird noises behind me, I'm literally sitting about, like, two and a half feet away from my uh, air conditioner, and uh, I love you all, and I want to give you good audio, but Brandon has already told me that nothing will make me sound better, so I don't care. You get to hear an awkward hum every, like, ten minutes now. Your entire life is an awkward hum. Also with us, we have Ashton Batuso of Flagrant Magazine and the Flagrant Podcast. Ashton, what's up? Hi. Uh, not a whole lot. Just kind of still unpacking my apartment um, on this lovely New York Saturday morning slash afternoon, I guess, here. Uh, unpacking stinks, but we're making our way through it. I've been in this apartment for five and a half years. Uh, there are two closets where if you go in, there are still bo- still boxes that have yet to be unpacked. <laughs> oh, God. We don't really have that luxury here. So it's like if you're not going to use it, you just get rid of it. And we have like so much of that. And it's it's a bummer. Just a lot of getting rid of stuff. What's the apartment space like out there? <laughs> Did you, did you get a closet? A closet with a with a, a <laughs> section? <laughs> mm-hmm. We we got a two bedroom because we both have to be working from home, which is brutal. But um, at least it's a two bedroom. Um, it's very limited closet space, so it's very different from our apartment in Portland, which uh, was pretty spacious and had an extra bathroom and had all the closets you could need and all this stuff and. So it's a lot of, we brought everything basically. We got rid of like some stuff, but we brought like most of our stuff. And now we're like, why did we do that? <laughs> we did not need all this <laughs> stuff. So we're drowning. So what it, what it, what inspired them or what uh, inspired slash uh, brought, brought the move cross country? Who's, uh, which one of your guys' jobs uh, was, was to blame for that? I am sort of to blame for it because I've wanted to move here for like so many years and we've talked about it for a long time and we thought maybe we'd do it like in a few years but uh, my husband was reached out to by a company and they were like you know we kind of want you to work here blah 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 he went through the whole interview process and then he was like could I live in New York? And they were like, actually, yeah, we, we have an East Coast territory. So we were like, I guess we're moving to New York and I can keep my same gig and flagrant will uh, probably, you know, benefit from having two bodies here instead of just one. So, yeah, a lot of factors. Nice. That's pretty amazing. Like I have been watching in awe the work that you're all doing at flagrant and just how much. It's been picked up by people. Um, how has it been to to be able to create something and just watch it kind of flourish and bubble out? And now you're seeing like people on the national stage are referencing it and telling people to buy it. Like I Rachel just, Nichols. Yeah, like that has to be amazing. <laughs> like how how does that feel? It's it's really crazy. And like the the thing about us, uh, which is something like we're kind of trying to work on, is that we don't really let ourselves like celebrate that much. And we kind of just like keep our heads down and keep going. And we oftentimes have to remind each other that like what we're doing is very cool and we're getting, you know, exciting press and, and everything's exciting. And like, we kind of just forget that. Cause we're like, Oh yeah, we're like, you know, doing this thing and we're so busy, but um, we try to remind ourselves, we try to like, you know, send each other, those photos over and over again and just kind of be like, can you guys believe this is 
happening. And, um, it's hard to remind ourselves. I think also our significant others, um, remind us because they're like, that's so cool. And it's like easier for them to see it than for us. Cause we were just in it all day. But, um, so we're thankful yeah. that our they're not significant doing the others they're and our friends, the product. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, but it's been really, it's been really fun and I, I hope we keep, keep on keeping on and just keep growing. One of the things I know that I've liked uh, along the way of, of like seeing flagrant mag grow is is I don't know if this is necessarily the best descriptive term, but it's what I'm going to roll with of, <laughs> of that. You guys have always seemed to maintain some level of like the self-depreciating humor. <laughs> along the way yeah, of like yep. you know and it kind of ties into what you were saying of like not getting too caught up on on the success of it or whatnot but just kind of still staying humble the personality of of all individuals involved comes through and in, in all the work you put out there whether it be the magazines or or especially social interactions and all that stuff uh one quick caveat i would like to raise my hand i am the one that started the trend uh on blazer tag of every time there's a flagrant foul <laughs> <laughs> yes. of saying was that a flagrant and tagging Yay. you guys? And I and I and so I I'm glad that that took off. So that is that is my one like tiny aota of a contribution. Yeah. Well, that's a huge contribution because that's one of our favorite things that people tag us whenever there's a flagrant foul. Um, I wanted that that one on Jokic uh, back when Denver was still playing or whatnot. Uh-huh. I w- I wasn't even watching the game or whatnot, and then I remember seeing um, on on the flagrant mag social it it be like, hey, nobody's gonna tag us, and I, I just popped in. I'm like, sorry, I wasn't watching. <laughs> And whoever was running it that night was like, we were worried because you're consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, we fully appreciate that. We try to maintain that sort of, um, voice that feels true to ourselves because it's so easy to, for brands to be like, so brandy on, um, Twitter and on social pages. And that's not really our jam. So we kind of just try to be ourselves on there and I'm glad it resonates with some people. One quick question I have, because on a very, 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 very smaller scale or whatnot, um, do you guys have uh, just one person that runs your social or do you guys kind of all access it and hop on whenever whenever you so so see fit or whatnot? We have a social manager, Sierra, but sometimes we'll hop on the ones and twos and just kind of fire a tweet off um but yeah a lot of it is most of it is sierra uh the work of sierra and i follow her at actually i don't know i can never remember her at because it's like at at mountains right at sierra mountains but i feel like there's an underscore is there not is there there probably i i hate the random underscores it throws everything off i know i have one in mind actually we had it we talked about that on the podcast uh, one time because apparently it like means you're broke if you have an underscore and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Looks that's like it's actually amount. just. Yeah. So I, I've I've always found that interesting because over on my on my other podcast on the Blazer Tech podcast and to some degree with uh, both me and Brandon having access to the the like the Blazers uh, Twitter handle, it, it's always weird because like if you're the one running it and like ninety nine point seven percent of the tweets that come from Blazer Tag or whatnot uh, are are me, but it's always I always find it so hard that you have to remember that you're speaking for an entire group. Yeah, because I'm a member of a three person. So it's like there are opinions and thoughts and and things that I want to fire off, like during games or or during stuff that comes up in in (laughs) off season and whatnot, where where I'm like, hey, so this is but do the other 
guys that are associated with this are, are no, that's not their thought, that's not their feeling, and you, and you have to hold it back. I've always found that to be a very weird aspect of, like, the, the social interactions for for things like, you know, flagrant magger, like I said, on a very minuscule scale comparatively, uh, blazer tagger, we like the blazers. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, the sort of, like, benefit that we have from that is, like, I think when you're more specifically tied to a team, you like, you know, feel the need to comment on certain things and kind of take on different things. And then you're, you might all have a spectrum of opinions. Right. But for us, it's sort of like, we don't really have to, you know, like we're not going to see flagrant, like tweeting about Chauncey probably. Um, Although we probably do all have the same opinion on that. Uh, All the flagrant members probably have the same opinion on that. But um, you know, I, I think like, when you're dissecting like the inner workings of a team constantly, it's like there's going to be like more varied personalities and, and opinions going into all of that. And that's, yeah, definitely a challenge, but I don't think we face that probably as much as you guys do. Yeah. I wanted to ask about the production part of actually making a print magazine. Cause I mean, we talked about it earlier. It's like your significant others can maybe have energy for pumping up about it. Cause you're, they're not in it doing the work. Um, mm-hmm. when you think about creating a magazine, you have the layout and the art, you got to get it formatted. You have writing and you have the whole process of laying stuff out. And I know I used to work at a, um, a quarterly magazine. It was like a weird little thing in Corvallis, like a financial literacy magazine for teenagers, which is just kind of a weird concept. But I remember like writing a story and they wanted to cut one of the paragraphs out, but that meant it had to go back to the layout people. They had to change all the art and like, it was a huge pain in the ass. Like how much, how much time does it really take? (laughs) Like, can you help us understand how much time it does take to actually lay one of those things out? Because I imagine it's gotta be a ton of work. Oh man. The layout process takes months. Um, yeah, we're, and you know, like we're on our third issue now where we feel like we're getting into the swing of things in terms of like how processes should go. Cause it's also somewhat of like a challenge to be creating art and writing the articles at the same time, because like you said, when the article changes, everything has to change based on that. Um, but the articles take longer than the art typically. So it's like you want to get a head start and get the art done, but like the articles aren't done. And then that it's just like a whole thing. So that takes, that part takes months. It takes, that's probably the bulk of it, to be honest. Um, do you, do you guys have set, you know, timeline goals for when you release? I know there was kind of that big gap between the, you know, your first, uh, first mm-hmm. volume and, and the second volume. Do you guys, do you guys kind of set a timeline of like, Hey, do we want to do this? Like one issue a quarter, or is it just kind of like, all right, well, this is done now. I think this can't get any better. So we'll just send this out. We went into it with the um, hope to be biannual because we figured quarterly was like just too much for us um, since we all have real real jobs. I call them real jobs and Bethany, <laughs> our creative director, always gets mad at me when I say real jobs. Um, <laughs> but we kind of realized like, you know, that's not that realistic for us. Um, so when the pandemic hit, that like really slowed down that process. But that one was supposed to be like, you know, around six months uh, or so to finish. And it was much slower. Um, this next issue will be a much quicker turnaround than what we typically do. Um, and we're excited about that. We're excited to be, uh, moving steadily along and we're, we're thinking that this one will be out in September. So 
it's uh, nice. hopefully a little bit sooner than than usual. Yeah. That's awesome. I highly encourage people to check out uh, your magazine and the podcast. If you go to flagrantmag.com, you can check out both of those there and check out the podcast in any pod feeder um, podcast app. What are we calling it nowadays? I don't know. Um, wherever you find <laughs> podcasts, you will find yeah. it there. Podcatcher or whatnot. Yeah, I don't podcatcher. know. I, That's, mm-hmm. I don't – I never realized until this last year of where I had to switch uh, hosting companies uh, exactly how many different like podcast catching services there are. I don't know. I use two. I'm an Android guy, so it's like I have Google Podcasts and Spotify. If I can't find mm-hmm. it on one, I can find it on the other. But there's like – I think I'm still waiting on like 15 different like applications to like – Pocket cast or whatever the hell they're all yeah, freaking yeah, called. Yeah. Box. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a big push to get people on Apple podcasts and it's kind of annoying because like I used to have an iPhone and now I don't, so I have an Android device. It's like I can't use that. Um mm-hmm. so. welcome to the dark side, my friend. Wow. Yeah, we found we've looked into the analytics of our pod and most people are listening on app like staggering number on Apple, not as much on Spotify, which we've found interesting. Because I listen to the I, I have a, on Spotify, but I have a weird behind-the-curtain behind question. Uh, so which hosting service does everybody here use? Blazer Tag? I use Transistor. I use Red Circle. Yeah, we use Red Circle, too. Okay, I may need to switch over to that, because according to, according to Transistor, in four years, I have five subscribers and seven downloads. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I'm not trying to do an advertisement. I don't buy those. I don't. I don't buy those numbers one bit. I download more, and I force my wife to download. I guarantee we get more than that. I'm not. I'm not trying to do an advertisement for Red Circle, but for a service that is free, they also have had really responsive customer service. Like the times that I've needed them. Wait, wait, wait. Red Circle's free. Yeah. Like when mm-hmm. I needed to change the. Why the name? hell am I paying thirty five dollars a month? What are F you doing? Man? Know, yeah, no, crazy? seriously. <laughs> When I wanted to change the name, you know, from I like the Blazers to we like the Blazers because you joined Ryan, I it messes with the whole RRS feed, RSS feed and blah, all this stuff. And they were able to help me within like a day or two. And I'm just like, I'm not even paying you. Like, we're only getting a couple hundred downloads. Like, we're What's probably not catch? making you a ton of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So shout out totally to Totally totally adding this to the good because if i can tell my wife hey honey i can podcast and i saved uh 35 a month uh she may not yell at me as much for doing it there you go <laughs> so um i guess now i had this whole show plan laid out and uh and whatnot and then some news broke last night that we honestly before the pod debated on how we wanted to approach it how what if we even wanted to kind of talk about it if we even wanted to podcast and and kind of put our our opinions to uh recorded audio um so this is my awkward pivot into that the uh the trailblazers are finalizing their uh deal and agreement to hire chauncey billups uh a lot of people have said like okay well why didn't they just announce the coaching hire well it's simple he's his team the he's his team is still in the playoffs i i don't think a deal can be finalized until you know the off season starts for the clippers but as it stands right could but i think it would be awkward it's awkward yeah yeah. it doesn't matter yeah um but it's it is what it is and it came out you know the news dump Friday night in the middle of a playoff game that uh, the Trailblazers are going to be moving forward with hiring Chauncey Billups. And 
I don't want to start this off. Uh, there was a podcast two weeks ago where I, I did mention that I was kind of on the, the pro Billups side of things and, and my view. Uh, so I'm going to open the floor up to you guys to kind of start this conversation off and, and how you feel and what you've seen so far in, in fan reactions, uh, both, uh, quote unquote, locally and nationally. Let's um, so first of all, uh, as I was saying before we recorded, if I maybe stumble and go er um during this conversation, then apologies in advance. It's a complex issue. I have been trying to listen to people about this, talking with some people about it in person and in DM, and so my opinions on it are I'm trying to keep um, keep taking in information from people. Uh, so if I stumble with it, that's that's my bad. Sorry about that. Um, I did want to ask, Ashton, you'd mentioned earlier when you are talking about kind of the, the brand of Flagrant's Twitter account, that you all had the same feeling about this coaching hire and this decision, and maybe just wanted to kick it to you, um, like, what what is your opinion about this, um, and kind of what's the collective thought, and not that, you, not that you're speaking on behalf of your colleagues, but the kind of what's the right. collective opinion of, of y'all over at Flagrant about this? Yeah, um, it's... It sucks. <laughs> it. Yeah. I didn't even know about uh, these allegations until, you know, whatever, maybe it was like a month ago when his name was first floated. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I think that goes for most, most people in, in mm-hmm. the Portland fan base. So. Right. And I was um, mad about Jason Kidd and I made a big stink about Jason Kidd on Twitter. And um, I, that was intentional and I wanted to make a big stink about Jason Kidd and then people kind of like opened my eyes to the Chauncey stuff and um that was also horrifying to learn about and it's it's hard because um women give so much to sports fandom and so much to their teams and um it feels like that doesn't matter it feels like nobody cares nobody listens um so it's it's really horrifying to me. Um, and I I understand that he wasn't charged. And I understand it was settled out of court. And I understand that it was in 1997. And none of those things are um, of any consequence, in my opinion. That doesn't change um, the way that I feel because it just means someone, a woman has been out there suffering since 1997. It doesn't mean anything that, you know. I believe in redemption. I believe people can change. I believe you should not be defined by your mistakes. I absolutely believe that. I also believe there has been nothing done publicly to show on Chauncey's behalf that he has earned redemption or is remorseful or has sought out any kind of um, help or uh, I don't think he's put in any work publicly and that's what really gets to me because, um, you know, I was DMing with someone earlier today about Kobe and, and they said, what's the difference between this and Kobe? You guys all forgave Kobe, which I didn't forgive Kobe, but I understand what they're saying because I, I feel like Kobe did so much after it had happened, uh, to try and kind of make things right as much as he could, which, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not canonizing Kobe by any means, but, um, he, his apology was very public. He, um, basically said, yes, I did it. 
and I'm sorry, I did just didn't know I was doing it or whatever the thing, you know, I don't remember the exact quote, but like, there's been no, there's been none of that on behalf of John C's team or, or anything, or, you know, he hasn't done anything like that. And it's like, when you're in the public eye and this happens publicly, you owe it to people to talk about it publicly then. Um, real, real quick on that front. Do you, do mm -hmm. you think that that's more because, I mean, especially at the time, I think he was a rookie in 97. Do you think that like when this happened with Kobe, people were questioning Kobe about it. He was kind of forced for lack of a better term to come out in the media and address it. And do, do you think that maybe Chauncey's silence on the matter was just that he was never, he was never asked or the, the type of, you know, high profile figure per se to where he, he felt like he needed to come out. I don't know and, if that matters. And talk about, I, I, it's just, it's, it's a curiosity yeah. of mine in, in, in all honesty. I mean, it, I just spitballing here. Sorry. Yeah. I would, um, if I did something horrific like that, I would be probably mortified for the rest of my life. And I would intentionally Agree. feel so fucking horrible that, sorry for cursing. That oh, I let him <laughs> let him fly. We'll hit that explicit button. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I would, um, I would feel like I had to say something. I would feel like I had to do so much to make up for what I had done. And I think it's a red flag that someone doesn't even just once. Yeah. Okay, you know, you don't have to swear up and down for the rest of your life that you're sorry for it. But one time, do it one time. It, you know and. In that regard, um, I guarantee that all of this is going to come up in the quote or in the introductory press conference and and all that. And and Jason Quick just did a mailbag edition on the Athletic um, a couple days ago, mm -hmm. in which he actually asked he had said he asked Olshay about it, and Olshay was just like, "Oh, well, we're not talking about proposed candidates, blah blah blah." Just just completely like kicked the can down the road. Uh, well, if you are hiring Billups, you can no longer kick that can down the road. Is can I can I get for, in here, for, Ryan? Hold on, real quick. Uh, for me, it's I view that the res, the the team's response and Billups' response, like in this case, you cannot just say, "Well, that was twenty years ago." I don't feel as though I need to rehash the past. Like that is like the death nail for for absolutely anything dealing with this. But is there anything that the organization could say or that Billups could say when asked about this that, for lack of a better term, just kind of makes you feel a bit better about the hire no not me i don't think they will address it personally i think uh neil o'shea will do what he does and he will say that was 20 years ago i do i really do think that will happen especially now that we've seen that i hope to I posture hope to and I pretend to, to consider becky hammond all the while we knew they were going to hire chancey chancey Phillips the whole time uh, so I, I am not putting anything past anyone and I, I see a world where we don't discuss it. And, um, yeah, I, 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 my hopes are sort of dashed, but, um, Brandon, what do you think? Sorry. No, I, something Ashton, you said a little bit earlier, um, about, how the victims of abuse carry that with them forever, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that when people think about trauma, when something traumatic has happened, that that affects you forever. 
and it can come up for you at unexpected times. Um, There are certainly ways you can process it and deal with it um, Mm -hmm. and maybe have it not hurt as much or affect you as much. Um, but you carry that with you forever. And so I'm, I'm really, uh, I get angry when I see Mm -hmm. people who, who pull the, you know, it happened 20 years ago thing could, because to your point, the experience of that woman that will follow her forever, it impacts herself, the people around her. And that I think is really, really important to, to, to lift up and to center. Um, totally. the, the other point, the, the other point you made too, the, and this is something I was messaging with somebody about yesterday, um, about reconciliation and atonement, um, and how our criminal punishment system doesn't, it's not really set up for that. It's not really mm-hmm. set up. There, there's no. this whole legal theories around don't apologize to people when you do something wrong. It's like a form of admitting guilt, basically. Right. And how incredibly unhealthy that is, not only for the person who is affected, but frankly, for the offender that prevents them from fully coming to terms with whatever Mm -hmm. it is that they've done. Um, So I have no sage insight about that. I just wanted to 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 say those things. So that's yeah. Yeah, it's, um, that's an interesting point. Uh, of course, of course it's normal to not trust our, our legal system to any extent. And I, I think probably all of us understand that. And so I think that's like a, a big part of it too, is like, it doesn't, sometimes it does matter that someone wasn't sentenced. I feel like in this, this seems like such a credible allegation, um, there's yes. so many people that she talked to right after and yes. damage, physical damage to several parts of her body due to penetration. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not only to be like, quite frank, most women I know have been in dicey situations where men have crossed a line. Uh, and that's, I'm not exaggerating. It's most women have been in that situation, right? Not necessarily rape, mm-hmm. but this um, this was like a violent act, like, you know, whereas something, and I'm, I'm not excusing the things that Kobe or any other abusers have done, but like Kobe, there weren't signs of like a struggle and damage. And I don't think it, you know, I, I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure, um, this is like violent behavior. And that's like extra troubling. Cause it's like, I could easily like get over the fact that a man didn't, quite get consent or was weird about things. And, and, you know, if he's sorry about that, whatever, like that's happened so many times with so many people I know. And there is a, a, an argument to be had for redemption in those cases. But this is like, this is just like so much more intense than that too. It's like, uh, this is like what they show on TV, yeah. right? Like this is like how they did a picked rape on TV. And that's like, right. it's just brutal. So mm-hmm. anyways, I, uh, I, it, I made the mistake of chiming in on a Twitter thread last night in saying that I I still find myself in the I am okay with this higher camp and uh, Twitter needs more characters because I probably should have typed out, you know, three and a half chapters worth of a book to try to explain my reasoning behind it. Uh, mm-hmm. For a while, I just kind of 
ventured away from the thread because I was getting roasted. One of the things that like I <laughs> I had put in there is you know like I've I I'm I I'm an I'm an only child of a single mom. You know uh, I you know I've I've seen abuse done to her um, throughout her life when when she was still alive. Um, you know, I, I've seen that kind of stuff. I when this all first came up, the Billups and kids stuff. I was talking to my wife about it. She's in, uh, a very hardcore sports fan, um, so she's in the know on a lot of this stuff. And and we kind of sat down and talked for a couple hours. And I just randomly threw out the statement of like, you know, I talked to my wife about it, and 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 then I got all the backlash of, well, your wife is obviously wrong. Your wife is obviously an idiot. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. So while we're sitting here trying to you know, defense, um, and talk about that, you know, this, this honoring of women and whatnot, you're, you're taking this time to then put another one down that, that one just got lost on me completely. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's yeah. for me, it's like, I mean, if I, if I want to get personal here, like me, myself, I am, I am a, I have been sexually assaulted and sexually abused at a previous time in my life. And so I I will at least say like, I do understand that I'm a man talking about this situation, but in, in that regard, like I'm not oblivious to how this makes a victim feel. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's just kind of when I give my opinions. And if you listened back to that episode of a couple weeks ago, I am speaking from that place of, of, of understanding. I'm not saying that I'm trying to convince anyone to have my opinion Mm -hmm. or be okay or whatnot. Everyone's allowed to have their own take. If you don't want to be a fan of this team anymore, that is well within your right. If you want refund on season tickets, that is well within your right. Mm -hmm. The thing that I don't necessarily like coming out of this is the, now everyone is attacking each other about this kind of stuff. And I, I think, I think that that is, I mean, that's in my view, a reflection of a bunch of people trying to struggle through something that is complicated and very, very important. And Mm -hmm. Ryan, just so like, I, I may not agree with you on everything or on this, but I know that you're a thoughtful person. I know that you, think about this kind of stuff as I think all three of us do. And when we're thinking about this specifically to me anyway, it's a bunch of different stuff. That's all kind of woven together. It's gender issues, race issues, our incarceration system, it's power. Mm -hmm. It's how trauma, like how that can be triggering for people when abusers are given power and visibility. It has, Mm -hmm. has to do with cultural issues and all of this stuff weaves together, and I, I, I don't think that this conversation is particularly well suited for Twitter, for a lot oh, of different yeah. reasons. Are and, there any conversations particularly well suited some, for Twitter, some, like serious societal conversations? I don't think there are. There, so, but like I, and I think that if if I were to say anything, I hope that people who are listening uh, are also asking people that they're listening that they're willing to have their mind change and that I hope that they don't just latch on to the first thing they think and just stick with it and defend mm-hmm. it until the end, because that's really frustrating. Again, when I see people yeah. who say it was so long ago or it doesn't matter, it makes my blood boil. And it's really, um, I just, that's. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And one, one of the little kind of nuanced points I want to make is that because I saw some of this, too, is um, no, I was not on board with the Jason Kidd thing, because like as again, I, I'm going to keep referencing it. 58 minute mark of that pod a couple weeks ago with my my initial thoughts on this. Um, it, it like 
as Ashton, you you would reference, you know, there is something to, you know, like rehabilitation and and kind of like showing a character growth or whatnot. Jason Kidd did none of that, none yeah. of that. Like that man just flaunted all of his shit. Right? He's like, I don't care. I'm better than this. Whatever. You know, that's the same kind of reason. Right. You know, like uh, yeah, uh, Ben Roethlisberger kind of stuff. You know, Tyree Kill. Those are the kind of. I'm not yeah. gonna forgive that those those things are absolutely despicable so i would i want the the nuance and perspective at least on this conversation to be like hey just because you maybe don't have the same opinion as everybody else with this chauncey billups topic please don't lump all those things into that same category and maybe your thoughts and opinion on on that on that stuff ashton um yeah, I think everything should be we should come at everything with a nuanced take um because things are never just black and white. Um and so that's hard to do on Twitter, I think for a lot of people. Um but I think taking time to have conversations is really important. Um and like I've been talking to some people in DMs today because that's like a much more um thoughtful way to facilitate a conversation about this because no one feels like they're being attacked and they're like have to posture online or have to do any kind of they can kind of be more true to what they feel and um it's easier to listen i think so i encourage people to do those kinds of things in the dms because i think that's just a better place to do it um that's what i've been doing today um and but yeah like we're saying it's things aren't black and white of course um I am a Chiefs fan. You mentioned Tyree Kill. I'm a Chiefs fan, and I mm-hmm. have to grapple with that oftentimes. Um, I do not support Tyree Kill. I do not cheer for Tyree Kill. I sometimes hope he does not catch the ball. I sometimes hope, wish he was not as fast as he was. Um, and I will do the same now. You know, I, I won't judge anyone who stays a fan or isn't a fan any longer, but... Um, there will also be something that I have to tell myself is that there are also people in the organization that are good people. And, um, I, you know, I think it's okay to, to be excited for them. Um, but I will personally not be super excited about, um, the Chauncey hire when it officially goes through. And, and real quick, uh, we can kind of, kind of end this conversation uh on on this note and then take a quick break and then be right back kind of close out this pod but um anybody who wants is now kind of inspired or is now reading up on these kind of things and whatnot uh, a very good um charity that i recommend people go and check out it's uh nwcave.org that's the national women's coalition against violence and exploitation they do absolutely fantastic work uh, a lot of stuff with women's shelters um and helping people uh, escape abusive relationships or or provide legal services for those that find themselves uh in these kind of situations where they need a legal representation in order to get justice for themselves so again that's the nwcave.org and also if you're listening to this and are in an abusive relationship whether you be man or woman i very much recommend that you reach out to you know your local domestic abuse hotline a friend what and and there's help out there if you need it there there's support and especially in this area of the pacific northwest but just kind of unless anybody else has anything to say kind of 
we can bookmark this this Billups discussion, take a quick break, and then come right back. Sounds good. All right. Okay, and we're back. Uh, so um, we're we're just gonna pivot here, and so the biggest kind of like blazer news before the topic that we just discussed has been that the 76ers absolutely flamed out in the playoffs and Ben Simmons is worth uh, two tacos in a plastic bag that you can carry him in and that is obviously the the best uh, the the best opportunity for the Blazers to to jump on uh, a CJ trade and and make a move um, I just kind of want your guys's initial reaction to like for one how you guys felt that like Doc Rivers and freaking Joel Embiid handled that post 76ers press conference and just throwing throwing uh, Simmons under the bus. And for two, the absolute mastery of both Daryl Morey and I'm going to assume Neil O'Shea leaking things about like trying to up the value of both Simmons and uh, and CJ to try to leverage uh, a possible deal per se. What was the passion? You oh. what did Neil O'Shea leak for CJ's sake? Well, so it's uh, it. There's been a couple reports over the last like day and a half or so that saying that uh, CJ has been told that he won't be he won't be moved, which to me strikes me as posturing from the organization of like trying to make him seem le- less attainable, so that it becomes less of a Blazers trading a CJ plus something for Simmons and more of the 76ers trading Simmons plus something for CJ. It's kind of the weird media posturing that I'm seeing going yeah. on with those kind of things. Hmm. That's interesting, yeah. I mean, that would make sense. I know that Neil's been pretty anti-getting rid of CJ for such a long time, too, that it's like, well, maybe he's just telling the truth. Um, but yeah, that's, that is interesting. Um, I think everyone's being a little too brutal to Ben Simmons, but that's just my, like, you know, sensitive, sort of, my sensitive <laughs> soul coming into it. Um I think do, we're in do you like have a, 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 a team mom kind of uh, prote- protective vibes. Not really. I just like it's it's really the way that we treat people really weighs on me. So I just feel like as because they're athletes, we think we can comment and say whatever we want. And they're still people and they still see those things. And it's funny to joke about those kinds of things. And I'm you know, I certainly do. Um, but man, the. Twitter was a brutal place to be that night and then the next day. Um, And then also, like, you know, Ben Simmons had to deal with Twitter and then also to deal with Doc Rivers not supporting him either. And it's like, (laughs) man, I bet it would just be horrible. I worry about his mental health, like, due to that. I would feel like absolute garbage after that. Um, Yeah. Well, and and especially when it it just appears to also – be a mental issue and not necessarily a skill right, or talent true. issue. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, let's mind fuck the guy who's already mind fucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. I hadn't even like really thought about that, but you're right. Yeah, it's it's a tough thing. It's a weird thing. It's um I don't know. What do you do you guys would you guys be interested in a trade involving those two? In a heartbeat. In a freaking heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. I mean I it's yeah. funny because I there's a balance between uh, what they call like adjusting your priors, which is whatever opinion you have, letting new information change that opinion. A balance. That's between, not mm-hmm. allowed. Not allowed. It has to be allowed. <laughs> there's a there's a balance between doing that 
and then being a prisoner of the moment and kind of oversampling the most recent sample. I feel like that's what's happening with Ben Simmons. Like he had this not great playoff series and now all of a sudden his value is just so low. Like if you had told me like a couple months ago that we could potentially trade CJ for Ben Simmons, I'd be like, no way. Like two weeks ago, two weeks ago, you would have done that. Right. And I think Mm -hmm. that like, so for me, yeah, like I would definitely do that deal. I get that it wouldn't be the cleanest fit because Ben Simmons is not a great shooter. But if you imagine Yusuf Nurkic taking more threes, maybe facilitating from the elbow more. <laughs> then you have Dame can shoot if you re-sign Powell. Yeah. And then you have Robert Covington out there as a threat. I think that could really work. And I, I mean, the biggest thing for me is the ceiling of Damian Lillard as CJ and CJ McCollum as your two best players. I just don't think it's very difficult for me to see that core being a title contending team. So when something like a trade for Ben Simmons is floated, I am super on board with that personally. I have years and years of tape on the Dame and CJ experience. I have zero tape on the Dame and Simmons experience. Uh, And at this point in time, make the swing. And if it doesn't clear the fence, Oh, well, at least you effing tried. One of the big things for me is that a lot of people are trying to make the correlation of that Ben Simmons can't uh, like he needs to, quote unquote, be the big. And so you're seeing a lot of stuff lately that's, uh, you know, you got to trade Nurk if you're going to bring in Simmons or whatnot. Uh, Last I checked, Joel Embiid gets about 30 touches a game. Nurk. 12 to 14 i don't think that like i don't i think Mm -hmm. nurk can play a a a kind of a weak side role or or kind of like this second option if if you're gonna run a pick and roll with damon simmons Mm -hmm. um you know or even you know uh, both nurk and simmons like showing for a screen one popping out one you know there's there's threats all over i i think i've always maintained that the roster needs a form of balance and i think that a simmons CJ trade offers balance. And I'm even going to go as far as to say that that's without signing Norman Powell. But that also depends solely on how you feel about Anthony Simons and if he could possibly step up into a two, the, the two guard spot. Oh, oh, you're shaking your head. Are you are you anti ant? Of course not. So you I'm and- not anti anyone on the Blazers. I'm not anti CJ. I love CJ as well. Um, I just don't think Ant is the answer, uh, that Neil O'Shea thinks he is, but you know, well, he's also not that point guard that Neil O'Shea thinks he is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think above anything else, uh, you know, the Blazers have always found a way to, at least make the playoffs interesting or at least like overcome whatever expectations were set out for them. This year felt completely different and flat. Um, and it felt like the one thing that we always have, whether we have defense or not, whether we have shooters or not, is we have heart. And I, it felt like we didn't even have that this year. And that's like, what do we have if not heart? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It, it almost feels like any kind of change. Dame just now. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a, any kind of change, uh, not any kind of change, but a change possibly CJ for Ben Simmons could be a positive thing because we got to shake things up. To your point about overachieving, you know, my understanding is the Blazers have overachieved their Vegas odds almost every single year of the Damian Lillard era. Right. And by the way, I think only one year they have not. Yeah. 
By the way, I think part of that credit goes to Coach Stotts, who is no longer the coach. Mm-hmm. But I think what right. that says— Hold on. Real quick aside. Uh, super sad. We all thought he was getting the Pacers job, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It does suck. Neil, hire him. He'll get <laughs> he'll get something. But I do think that because of that, to your point, Ashton, about the Blazers overachieving, I think because of that, I think that it is more likely than not that we have seen the ceiling of what a Dame and CJ combination can achieve. In my yeah. view, in order for the team to be better with those two as your best players, you need the absolute perfect pieces around them. And that just doesn't yeah. seem likely. It, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Rocco is a great team defender. What this team is missing is an absolute on-ball stopper. Yeah. I could give three flying Fs about the offense. I think I think it operates efficiently enough. I think Dame is is enough of a threat. You know, Rocco's a, a good, you know second or third option if norman powell comes back then then i am perfectly fine if you want to put ben simmons in and then you have roko as a or nurk as as kind of like this pivot point anchor of a defense uh roko as probably one of the league's best help defenders and ben simmons who has been you know second or second just this year in uh, defensive player of the year as a great on-ball defender if if you're gonna basically give me an alpha rukaminu again that but that is on a all-star level playing field i'll take it mm-hmm. yeah and i think we might benefit from having someone who doesn't want to shoot as much like <laughs> we we have so many so players. you're on my anti-carmelo train yes no <laughs> i'm not anti anyone i said that um but yeah we just Trying to get it have too many people that want to shoot the ball and it's just like we just need some i don't want to call them selfish players because they're not i genuinely don't think they're being selfish but they just love shooting and they just don't stop and ben simmons maybe would fix that problem (laughs) (laughs) let me ask ashton how do you feel like the other two potential cj trade targets that have come up as being possibly good fits. One of them is Tobias Harris, um, also the 76ers. And then the other one seems a little less likely now because the Bucks are doing better, but Chris Middleton. Yeah, you, Middleton's you know. off the table. We can just... Uh, I was that like, would have been, that would have been the, I was hoping... Middleton's the wet dream. Because I was like, man... Me too. We could get Chris Middleton. <laughs> but that, uh, yeah, maybe is... Um, not realistic anymore, but it for a moment it really felt like it was, and that I think would have been wonderful. Um, I don't know about I Tobias Harris. I don't know. I mean, I, I, like I said, at this point, it's kind of like you might as well try something. But I don't know. I'd be more excited about a Ben Simmons trade. I think personally, me but too. I don't know. And Maybe like, that's... no, I think that's fair. And like for me. I have abandoned the hope that you can get equal talent value for CJ McCollum because of his age, yeah. because that of his contract. ship sail ship sailed two years ago. And so for mm-hmm. me, it is just about prioritizing the fit around what are Damian Lillard's skills and weaknesses and yeah, making yeah, yeah. it possible, yeah, for the other three players besides Dame and whoever else that second player would be, make it easier to fit those other three players around him. Um I just have mm-hmm. to tell you though, like I am. <laughs> I don't think Olshay is going to trade CJ. I don't think CJ will be traded as long as Olshay is a GM. Ooh, I, I think I, I agree with that. 
I am willing to bet you both, uh, Ashen. I will. I will mail you a bottle of wine of your choice, and Goldner. Wow. I will buy you a six pack. This is how confident I am in this. CJ will not be on the roster come day one next year. Really? You're get me anybody? A- anybody want to take an air air shake on this? I'll take an yeah. air shake. I'll take a six pack. What do of we white give you? Uh, I, I'll I'll take a six pack of Widmere half from both of you. Okay, okay. that's fine. Yeah, I just I That's, just don't see uh, it. Look, I, 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 my thing is like Olshay. He came into the Damian Lillard draft with the Blazers already having done a, a ton of scout work on Dame. I don't think Damian Lillard was fully Olshay's pick. CJ, yeah, Chad Buchanan just gets thrown under the bus for that. Yeah, he Chad Buchanan was the head of scouting b- before that draft. He was the interim GM during the draft. He was the head of scouting after that draft. That was clearly by, that work had already been done. But and by the way, Myers right. Leonard also Chad Buchanan. Just, yeah, just you. Yeah. But CJ, CJ is Olshay's guy. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. the person that Olshay picked that can he can say that was really you know that was all that was all me and probably partially Paul Allen. I just don't I don't see him trading CJ. I just don't. Yeah, I agree, and I think um, more more than anything, it's like every single season we think something there's going to be a huge change and every single season yep. there's not so i'm just tempering D- not delusions of grandeur yeah and i don't <laughs> honestly if cj stays i'm okay with that too because i love him as a person but i do agree that it you know i think we've seen the ceiling um but yeah i i don't think a major change will be made there my uh my son's favorite player in fact I still have it as my pin tweet on my uh on my personal Twitter of uh at the witty Ryan is uh I was trying to nice prove I it, yeah there we go <laughs> I was trying to prove to my son that you just can't get tickets because he was like oh well dad you do a Blazers podcast so obviously you know all the Blazers players <laughs> yeah and and I, I was like no dude and he's like oh I'm sure like you could just get on Twitter and get tickets and this was coming up on my birthday two years ago or whatnot and so i threw out a a tweet um uh the day before my birthday of like hey if damon cj read this uh anybody want to hook a father up uh with some tickets for him and his son for his birthday tomorrow Mm -hmm. cj responded immediately and he's like dude i got you uh uh give me the names dm dm them to me and so we actually got the family pass section from cj and then cj on twitter reached out to us he's like hey guys don't leave i'm gonna hang with you guys after the game and so i have a picture of my son with his face painted in blazers gear cj's arm around him at half court at moda after that game and CJ hung out and talked with us for like 20, 30 minutes or whatnot. And so my my son's favorite player is CJ. And so like he, he, uh, I don't allow him to have like social media or anything, but like he heard something on the radio when we were driving the other day. He's like, they want to trade CJ. I'm a Raptors fan because dinosaurs are fuck or well, he didn't say fucking, but uh, (laughs) dinosaurs are awesome. But that was that was how I heard it in my head, and and, and I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. he's still on the team. He's like, they get rid of CJ. I'm a fan of whatever team CJ goes to, or the uh, Raptors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I feel that I love players. So when players go, I mean, when I, we lost Gary Trent, it was like my heart is gone. When we that lose, that was Derek my Jones, son's second. That was my son's second favorite player, Gary Trent. Yeah. I just, uh, mm-hmm. 
I think it's yeah. important too. It's like the reason why a lot of people like me would like to see CJ traded for someone else. It's because he's a really good basketball player and that he has True. trade value, right? Like, and, mm -hmm. um, and I think it's also important, like when we're talking about this stuff, like CJ responded to someone's tweet a couple days ago. It was actually consummate professional, consummate it, professional. It was actually David McKay who used to be, um, long ago was actually my editor at rip city project and then was at blazer's edge when i was there um and and so players read that stuff right like they read mm -hmm. the 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 trade packages around so i would just say like as much as we are spitting out trade ideas just be mindful that the players read it and like just be a human about it like don't be a jerk i think that's mm -hmm. probably pretty good rule for all things um yes yeah that's a good rule to just kind of live by but yeah i know that's <laughs> that is a big part of it too because it's like their whole life is uprooted, you know, when they have to go somewhere else. And that's a huge change. And who knows if they want, I mean, you know, they also know that that they're not, they're not dumb. They know that that's part of it, but, um, yeah, being sensitive about that kind of stuff is important to me too. Cause it's like, yeah, you know, we're all just all trying right, to well, survive. <laughs> yeah. On that note, let's wrap this up. Uh, Ashton, let us know where we can find you flagrant mag, all that fun stuff. And then Brandon, take us out of here. You can find uh, Flagrant Mag at Flagrant Mag uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and you can find, you can purchase Flagrant Mag at flagrantmag.com. Um, I'm at Lil underscore butts on Twitter, but that's less important. And that's that. Rad. Thanks, Ashton. Appreciate having you. If you want to find us, it's at like the Blazers on Twitter, we like the Blazers.com, or on any podcatcher. Check us out. Check out the Flagrant Pod and Flagrant Magazine. And to all of you, thank you for listening and go Blazers. Go Ducks. What? Oh. <laughs> the hell? Get out of here. No. Yucky. Yeah, no. Do that. <laughs> Ooh. As someone who grew up in Corvallis, went to Oregon State. <laughs> How dare you? I, yeah. I immediately yeah. hit stop recording as soon as I hit go Ducks. Oh, no. I, no, this is going in. I'm still recording Skype and I am putting this in there. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's what you get. Yeah, leave us in saying ew. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's going to end. <laughs>